How are you? How are you, girl? Good. You had a good day? I did. Looking so pretty in pink, just beautiful and radiant. Thank you. Okay, well, we're on the Unfiltered with Car Jones Unlimited LLC podcast. Tonight, my distinguished guest is Miss Larie Cole. She is the owner of Mixed Up LLC Mobile Bartending Services in the Dallas-Fort Worth, Texas area. As you see, she's wearing her beautiful fuchsia tonight. Most appropriate, as she is a breast cancer survivor. Presented on the Unfiltered Podcast. And we are delighted to be in Texas with a fellow Texan. <laughs> so tell me, you said you had a good day. I did. Were you bartending today? Or were you helping people restore credit today? I mean, you're so busy. What were you doing today? Today, I was just doing my regular nine to five. I did actually get out and do some marketing and pass out some business cards for my own business. But I was just doing my regular nine to five job mostly today. Well, that's not just only, you know, they say don't quit your day job while you're trying to build your own company, right? Yes, ma'am. That's correct. Okay. okay, so, you know, I understand that completely. So, you know, I was thinking back as I was preparing for this um, interview with you. Um, I believe you are one of the few people I've interviewed that I actually met on Instagram. We actually met on Facebook, remember? We were doing the pearl. Oh. We we were doing the pearl. Oh, yes, I yes. Michelle Obama when she did the pearls. Yeah. What was that? What was that? Do you remember the name of that event, that online event she had? I don't, but she just said basically she asked um people to take pictures in their pearls. And I think we had on yes, color. We both had on Royal Blue. And we posted okay. our, our pearls, and then you commented under my post, um, my picture, and then we became friends since then. And that was at least, what, four years ago, maybe? Five years ago? That was like 2016, probably. Yep. That was probably 2016. And then I guess when I finally figured out that I wanted to do Instagram, <laughs> I found you over here. You okay? Yep. I was just watering. Yep, I'm good. Oh, okay. Okay. Okay, well, tell me. Let's start with this pink. Okay. I have a wonderful bio that you sent me. Mm-hmm. That I will share on my Facebook page after this interview. Okay. Because I was so... um taken in by it. The story of a survivor. <laughs> when were you diagnosed with breast cancer? How did that all come about? I was diagnosed in 2015. I went for my regular mammogram and got the news in 
January of uh, 2016. So 2015, I turned 40 and I went and got okay. a regular mammogram, like, you know, you're supposed to. And they were like, right. I see a spot. And I'm like, a spot of what? <laughs> I don't drink. I don't, <laughs> I don't do nothing. What, did, what do you see a spot of? And I was diagnosed okay. uh, stage one, breast cancer. Okay. I had a, okay. a partial mastectomy. Um, I did five rounds of chemo and 33 rounds of radiation. 33 rounds of radiation. So when I talk to people on my health series, mm -hmm. and you tell me if it's, you're not comfortable with these questions. Okay. One thing that I like to cover on the health series podcast especially is did you feel anything yourself before the mammogram? Nope. And the craziest part is I had my annual exam before I went to have my mammogram. So my doctor didn't even feel anything. Because okay. It's not and you were doing it's not always a lump. I'm sorry. They tell you to look for a lump or feel for a lump. It's not always gonna be a lump. Mine's was a mass. So you're not gonna feel Okay. Okay. I'm glad that you pointed that out because like I said, when I um record, you know, these health series podcast episodes, I like the guests to share the any symptoms they may have had, any abnormalities. And what you just said that I want everyone, males and females, to take note of, mental note, is that she did not have a lump. She did not feel a lump. She had a mass. So when you say mass, was there anything that you could feel in your breast? No. Nope. And like I said, my professional OBGYN didn't feel anything either. So she's very and doing your breast exams and she didn't feel anything either. My God, my God. Well, thank God for mammograms that we all know at age 40 and over, we need to get annually. And if you have a history of breast cancer in your immediate family, you need to perhaps get them more frequently, but your um, OBGYN practitioner would be able to advise you on that. You said that you went through 33 rounds of radiation? Yes, ma'am. Okay. So if you can talk about that, what was it like after you were diagnosed and your doctor said to you, okay, this is the um, manner of treatment? Mm -hmm. that I suggest. Mm -hmm. How did that go? Well, basically you meet with your surgical oncologist. So imagine going from one doctor to five doctors. <laughs> so now wow. my surgical oncologist, he put the x-ray up. He showed me where the mass, it was probably like a half an inch. So it depends on the centimeters on um, how they treat you. They moved fast, um, but basically wow. he said, we're just going to um, do chemo, and we're going to do radiation, and then we're going to see how that goes um, as far as your treatment. And the in the midst of being that diagnosed, they want to test to see if it started to spread. Even though it was small, 
I still had to have lymph nodes removed so they could be tested as well to see if it had started to spread. And some women might not realize, but your breasts are not just in the front of you. Your breasts go all the way back and under your arms as well. Right. That's all a part right. of and your lymph nodes are underneath your arm and you really don't know that you need these until they remove them. And then basically he said, we're going to try with uh, six rounds of chemo and see if that works for you. Um, by the fifth one, I was just like, Lord, take me now because <laughs> cancer won't kill you, but chemo will. And wow. at that point, he's like, well, we're going to try a more subtle way to treat it. So I did Herceptin for a year um, after the five okay. rounds. And Herceptin is... So is that any uh, oral medication? No, it was still... It's a form of chemo, but it's not as harsh. It doesn't have you um, nauseated and not losing your hair. And when we think of chemo, that's the first thing you think. I'm going to lose my hair. Right. <laughs> and, and yeah, that... That was the least of my worries. I got chemo acne, which were bumps like all around my face. And that's not one of the symptoms that you normally get. But my surgical oncologist basically told me what he was going to do. And he didn't know at the time if he was going to have to okay. remove my breast. He didn't know if he was going to have to remove part of it? He didn't know if he was going to have to take it or not. And okay. basically... Um, he, we joke. Well, when was, we joke out of, when was that decision made? Um, he would have known he was going to figure it out once he got in there. That's what his thing was. Once he, okay. there, he would figure it out. And we joke to this day about how I'm such that, uh, fighter type person that he says, I woke up during surgery and he had to slap me back to sleep because <laughs> I was just loud. It's a joke, but he was just like, I was asking him, like, so what are you going to do? Are you taking it or not? Because you have to prepare. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I told him, I said, I had to prepare myself psychologically to wake up with one. Absolutely. And he was just like, well, we don't know that until we get in there. And I was just like, yeah, this, this is not going to be a good look for me. I need to know before you go. <laughs> like, <laughs> and we're just like. What you gonna do? Are you gonna take it or what? And he was like, and I went right back to sleep. Wait a minute. So, why you, did you really wake up? No, but he just, oh, okay. you, know, you know, I'm over here tripping, like, wait a minute, where's the anesthesia? Right. He was like, that's just how I presented myself to him. Okay. For surgery. So, that that's our running joke to this day. It's, it's always, I never really met someone like you going through something like this and still have the 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 strength to finish school. I finished school while I got my degree while I was going through it. I had a 16 quarter at the time and he was just like I've just never met anyone who still comes in here and still tries to fight, you know, even though, you know, you're presented with this. And so my motto through the whole thing was if I look good, I feel better. So That's I don't, right. didn't know that I was even battling with breast cancer at the time. So I remember on Instagram, because I think I followed you more closely on Instagram than Facebook. Mm -hmm. During that time, your hairstyles changed. And I was like, you know, we're women. 
And, you know, we can change our hair every day if we want to. Yeah. So the fact that, you know, you change your hair from maybe longer to shorter, I was like, oh, that's cute. No, girl, work it out. <laughs> I would never have known that you were, you know, battling breast cancer. You did not present that way at all. And that, that's what people always say. They'll inbox me or DM me and say, when were you fighting with breast cancer? I'm like, go back to 2016 and just look how, you know, I changed wigs. I see it, but maybe you couldn't see it. But I right. and by February of 2017, I finally started to just wear my chemo curls. And I actually liked my chemo curls. They called those other curls or the hair that you get after you go through chemo. Mm -hmm. And I finally oh, was comfortable enough to present that to the world. Good for you. Well, you know, you're so photogenic and beautiful anyway. Anywhere, the way you wear your hair, or if you had no hair, your face is so pretty and you make it up so well, you would be gorgeous regardless. Hair is not um, a requirement or necessity for you. Thank you. Or for any lady for that matter. You know what I'm saying? Yes. It's like when you're fighting for your life, your hair is the least of your words. The least but we do be concerned about our hearts. Right. <laughs> right. We do. I get it. I get it. I get it. Now, I just heard you say it's a running joke to this day. So that you went through um, breast cancer treatment in 2016. We're now at the end of 2020. And so you still have a relationship with your surgical oncologist, oncology meaning cancer doctor? Yes. I have to see him at least once or twice a year. And then I have to see wow. my oncologist at least twice a year. Have to get a mammogram okay. twice a year. I don't get regular okay. mammograms. I get 3D mammograms now. And, and yes. I have to get bone density tests now because... Okay. I had a hysterectomy in the process of having breast cancer. They removed that with the notion of not wanting it, it to be able to have anywhere to spread. So when you have a hysterectomy, a lot of women don't know. So just FYI, you're right. Puzzle. So they have removed a piece of that puzzle. So now your body's going to shift. So that's now why I have to get a bone density test because now they feel like your body's going to shift or you're going to shrink because that piece of the puzzle is not there anymore. Wow. I was not aware. This is really good information that you're sharing, Larry. I thank you so much because a lot of people just don't know. If you've never, you know, been through breast cancer treatment or been around someone in your family, friends close to you, you know, who had that type of treatment, you really just don't necessarily know. And I will say to you, I do also get the 3D mammogram. Mm -hmm. Because for me, I, at age 40, when I went for my first mammogram, they found a tumor. And so that was biopsied. It was benign. Mm -hmm. But every year for the next five years, they found tumors. So I have five um, benign tumors. Um, they're all, they all have pins in them, no issues there, but I go for my mammograms annually and they are 3D and I take, I, you know, I've moved a lot, but everywhere I go, I take my um, CDs and my film with me across all these states. Yeah. So yeah, people, it's important. You know, there's, there's different types of mammograms. What's the regular one called, dear? 
It's just a, a regular mammogram. Um, they don't have a, a special medical term for that one. Right now, they're really doing so. the 3D and that one. Okay. Yeah. If they, the 3D. But you used to be you could you could only get the regular one. Now they're saying right. they will pay for the 3D ones because a lot of people don't um, realize that breast cancer is very prominent in African-American women and they don't know why, but we probably need to get checked sooner than 40. Yep. <laughs> um, but yep. 40 is the threshold. But my daughter, because I've had it, she has to get it. Mm -hmm. uh, she needs to start at 30 with hers. Right. Right. And you know, I'm glad you said that because I don't have the statistics on it, but African-American women do have more of a propensity for breast cancer. Um, I have a cousin right now who is in breast cancer treatment. She's doing well. We claim, you know, her healing and we expect a praise report. I have several friends in Montgomery, Alabama. I'm going to give a quick shout out if you don't mind. Uh, Mr. Shanti Marshall, she is the founder and CEO of the Pink Pizzazz Foundation. Every month in Pinktober, as she calls it, she has a wonderful pink um, pizzazz event. Yep. It will be virtual this year due to COVID. Mm -hmm. But several of my friends, my ride or die friend, Carlita Gilbert Daniels in Montgomery, Alabama, she is a four-time breast cancer survivor. Wow. My gorgeous Miss Johnny B, Johnny Busty up in Birmingham, Alabama, she is also a breast cancer survivor. Another friend, I call her the pink butterfly in the central Alabama region, Evelyn Service, all breast cancer survivors. And you know, there's so many. There's so many. The Susan um, Coleman Foundation is, you know, the forerunner, spearheading breast cancer research and awareness along with so many of the specialized, you know, breast cancer institutions and medical schools and centers now across the world, the globe. But it is really important that we continue, not just in October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month, to share our stories about breast cancer survivor, like survival, Larry, like you're doing. I thank you so much for your courage and your willingness to share. Um, what was it like for your daughter? when? Because you said it was just you and her at the time. When you were going through, she was 16. What was it like for her? She initially started crying, but um, I told her they got a plan. So they give you a book with your treatment. Okay. I was like, they didn't say I was going to die. They said that <laughs> they, they got a plan. And then, of course, I went into insurance mode because that's what I do. So I'm like, okay, so we right. decide who would you want to go stay with? This, These are my wishes if something wow. happens. So I went from probably zero to 10 in like probably 20 minutes. And she's just like, are you serious? And I'm just like, just, you know, I have to go into that insurance mode. And she, 
she hates that about me, but the business still has to be taken care of. And basically told her, you know, how much she needs to spend. If she doesn't spend that much more than that, then it's going to be a problem. Okay. So things like that. But she was hurt initially, but with this pandemic going on and I'm a high risk because I am a survivor. Mm -hmm. um, right. Relive some things or, you know, go back through this with her and like, you know, just because the world is open, it's not open for me. I, I don't right. like everybody else. I don't have the same immune system like everybody else. It's not as weakened as it was when I was going through, but I do notice a difference, you know, with neuropathy or not be not healing if I bump something or not healing as quick as I mm -hmm. So I just have to be cautious. I'm not afraid, but I just have to be cautious and take the proper precautions. Good for you, love. And you know, that's the thing I've learned about you as we've been talking more most recently. You handles the business. <laughs> we know they never have to worry about Miss Cole handling business because she gonna handle hers and yours if you need some help. <laughs> right. So I'm happy to hear that. Um You've been doing some more exciting things most recently. I saw um, some posts and talked to you offline about a credit um, restoration business that you are part of. What's up with that? So I just usually promote for her. I post her flyers to okay. Green uh, Financial Solutions. And she actually has okay. a standard, so she's going to be doing tax pre preparation as well. But I just post her flyers for her. Um, just to get her business out there um, so she can get referrals. We're from the same hometown. so. Oh, she's from Indiana, too. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Yeah, we need to mention that you are not a native Texan. You are from Indiana. You're from the Midwest. Yes, ma'am. Gary, Indiana. When did you? Oh, you're from Gary, Indiana, where the um, Jacksons come from, the Jackson 5. Yes, ma'am. Okay, I drove through there in 2000 when I moved to upstate New York. Okay. I drove through Gary, Indiana, so I, I, I passed through. It was quick. It was quick going through there. It's not that. <laughs> it was real quick. Well, they, they make us strong and tough, and we can pretty much go anywhere and make it. Exactly. So what, what made you come to Texas? What made you relocate? And when did you come to Texas? I came to Texas in 2014. I, it was 40 below zero at home and a foot. <laughs> I drove here. Uh, my my job, my full-time job, uh, got a promotion. And I was like, oh, where the money is. So I've, I've been in Texas ever since. It's been almost eight years. Good for you. Congratulations. You. So you and the baby got in the car. Did you bring a U-Haul? What'd you do? I had a U-Haul and I had my vehicle hooked up to a U-Haul and we drove. And it was the scariest, probably one of the scariest things I've done because this is the second time that I've moved. I used to live in Las Vegas for five years. So this is the second time I've drove cross country. And during this time, there were trucks and cars, jackknife on the side of the road because that storm was really bad. And the snow. Yeah, the, the snow. We made it. Yeah. Been here we've been here ever since. And not trying to leave, huh? No time soon. 
<laughs> I hear you. I just told my mama, I said, I might have one more move in me, mm -hmm. but you know, I, I, I really, at my age, I ain't trying to deal with no snow, maybe for a visit, but it's going to take something major for me to even consider the snow again, because the snow ain't no joke, baby. The people that never lived in it, they say, oh, it's so pretty. Let me tell y'all, it's a lot of work. It is. And you got to layers of clothes just to get to where you're going to go to work or whatever. Then you got to get there, come out of that, you're sweating. Am I right? It's a lot of work. Oh, okay. Just so they know. <laughs> it's for them that think they might want to do it. <laughs> watch, watch the news, the, the national news. Um, coming soon, the snow will be rolling in through what, end of October, November, probably to March, April, May in some states, right? Minnesota already got snow. No, they didn't, girl. I didn't see that on the news report. Are you serious? Yep. And then we got a cold front coming through on Texas. The high is supposed to be 45 Tuesday. 45. Yeah, I saw that. I, was just... I saw that. Well, you know, I'll take it. I just, I'm going to miss wearing my shorts because I still wear my shorts, you know, every day. Mm -hmm. You know. Oh, I'm going to miss that, but it's okay, because I, I have hot flashes, so I, I can use some air right about now, some cool. You definitely <laughs> can relate to the hot flashes. <laughs> yes, yes. So I saw um, when you sent me, I think, an invitation on Facebook to like a business page, a community page. And I said, okay, what's up, what's up? And I looked at it, and I was trying to understand it looked like it said mixed, but it was a three in there. What is mixed up LLC all about? And how did it come into being? That's my <laughs> that's my business. So it's a mobile okay. service. Um, I basically do private events, um, weddings, birthday parties, whatever little soiree you have and at your house, whatever. And I show up and I'll... Uh, bartend for you i i'm tab certified and um mix what mix my drinks i i refer to myself as a mixologist not just a bartender because, absolutely because you have to know right good together it's not just about making the drink so right and actually you know when i lived in new york we called the female bartenders barmaids mm -hmm. but when i moved to alabama um, I had a mixologist. So I understand that terminology too. Yeah, I'm definitely a mixologist. So that came about, it was supposed to come about before I got diagnosed with breast cancer, but God had a okay. plan and it's okay. Right. Um, but I just started in September of this year. Um, and Kudos. my first event, Labor Day weekend, it was a birthday party. Whoa. Yeah. It was um about fifty people. Small event, but Okay. Social distancing too. Social distancing. Had our mask on, checking temperatures. We did everything by the book. Turned out well. Um got now you just got some new masks too. Where your mask at? You got it with you? I do. Because it is just too cute. I love it. I love it. It has your business name on it. It's basically your logo, right? Yeah. With your contact information. Yes, ma'am. It's gorgeous. I love it. 
And thank you for the hookup. I'm going to be calling her too. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in networking. You know, we as business owners, I call female business owners, regardless of their race and ethnicity. Thank you for the hard showers of love. That's right. I call all female business owners, entrepreneurs, sisterpreneurs, sisterpreneurs, female business owners. And I am happy to have you as my sisterpreneur right here in the same state of Texas. You're only about four hours away. So once this COVID thing is over, we will definitely connect and do some events together. Now, because I want to make sure we capture all of this and don't lose any all of this, before I close out, I always invite my guests to share their contact information so anyone who might want to do business with you or book you, refer you, knows how to reach you. How can we reach you, Larry? Okay, so you can reach me. My phone number is 682-233-2144. I have a website as well. It's mixed up. The E is a backwards three. LLC.com and pretty much I have an email address as well. It's still M-I-X a backwards 3-E-D dot gmail dot com. So any of those ways I have my Facebook page and I have my Instagram page as well. So I'm on and I'm on TikTok <laughs> as well. Girl, wait a minute. You done got you a TikTok? Yeah. You're going to make me pull out my glasses. You know them glasses mean a series. I had to get, get on TikTok and uh, try to reach the younger generation. So hopefully here shortly I'll be teaching people if they want to learn how to, to be a mixologist. And okay. Um, probably going to be doing some mobile delivery making like either gallons or the capri sun type things try to cater to the awesome. over 21 <laughs> crap right right there is criteria for this they have to be of legal drinking age yes ma'am right yes yeah we're not planning that no ma'am although just fyi in texas legally if your parent or guardian gives you authorization or permission under the age of 18, they can drink. <laughs> Unknown little fact that you learn. <laughs> what did you say? If they're under the age of 18 and the guardian or parent gives you permission they can legally drink in the presence of their parent or legal guardian. Larry, I ain't never heard of nothing like that now, girl. Where you get that from? Look it up. I done changed my voice and everything. Are you see I'm gonna have to Google that one. It's, it's the truth. It's the truth. Have you served children under 18 when their parents have given them authorization? Yes, ma'am. In a public place or whatever? Usually it's for a private party, not in public, but... Okay, I'm about to say. That <laughs> wouldn't even look right. <laughs> it does. It's not a good look, but Texas has their own little thing going on. 
this big state of Texas. Who is that? Sold out diva said it's true. Okay, sold out diva, you know what's up. Let me let me oh my God. my sold out diva. She's a fellow bartender and she's the person who did my hair. Okay. So she's beautiful. Preneur as well. All right, sister preneur, what's up? Salute, salute, salute. <laughs> and um, what was I gonna ask you? It was something. Oh, girl, we can't forget about this. Who is this this DJ? Because <laughs> you be doing these DJ parties, you know, on Facebook Live. Like y'all really in the club. He is spinning on the ones and twos, and you calling out drinks. What's up? Who is he? So that's DJ K Caesar. He's from my hotel and jumped on his live one day and act like I was the bartender. And he basically made me the bartender of it's called the club is called Rockarona. And okay. in season two right now, and it's called Bangerville. What? Yeah, so basically he you gonna he, have to um he's a DJ. You're gonna have to tag me. I will. He's a DJ and he's spinning the tunes and I'm making the drinks and we interact with each other. And when I'm not there, they miss me. They're looking for me. <laughs> it, it's grown into a great friendship um and oh. networking event. And I recently met him in person. We had never met. We had never met, and I met him for the first time um, last week. Oh, wonderful! Last week? Uh, yeah, it was the week the week before, the Friday before. Yep. We okay. Okay. Yeah. So it was cool. I was really excited. Yeah, yeah I'm a virtual bartender. Who would have thought? Making virtual. Who? Cool. Well, you know what? It's so many people. You know, um, creating. I should say. I'm gonna use the word create creating virtual businesses right now. I mean, there's so there's telemedicine, you know, there's, you know, customer, all kinds of customer service, IT, you name it, you know, all these um, arts and entertainment, celebrities, singers, comedians, they're doing virtual events, right? So why not you? Right. Me. Why not? I started this podcast on June 2019, last year, before COVID. But when COVID hit, I was more than grateful that I was already in this arena a year early that God had given me that insight because that's all we can do right now. Because Texas hasn't really opened up the venues yet. No, ma'am. And the most of the state and the, the country and the world, right? No. And being on that side of the business during the day on my nine to five, I hear about it all the time. I, I right. myself have been tested six times. They thank God uh -huh. I've been negative, but I'm just over being tested so many times. It's like, I need you exactly. to figure it out. Figure it out. But we are right. on the same page. I live in Fort, mm -hmm. I live in Fort Worth. Right next to me is mm -hmm. and in between there is Arlington. So if we're if everybody's not on the same page with you know how we should behave right. behaving or closing up or sitting right. sheltering in place, I don't think it's gonna ever get better until we all get on the same page. Absolutely, absolutely. And people, you know, we want to encourage people tonight as we're talking about this to stay abreast 
of the various COVID-19 um, medical health care protocols, you know, what they are admonishing us to do. Let's follow the rules, so to speak, so that we can stay safe and COVID-free. We want to do that. Some of the bars, I know, I saw something last week that Houston, the bars open and there's social distancing. I did go to a restaurant Saturday and they were really social distancing. So, but you know, I really don't try to be out there much more than going to the gym. Okay. In the early morning, I go really early when there's not a lot of people there and I get out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, as we close out, I want to remind everyone who has joined. I saw a few. There's Jeffrey Hunter, the sold out diva, David McCoy, Derek King, Willie C., Carla Young. There's so many of you that joined tonight. Thank you so much for supporting Larry Cole, the owner of Mixed Up LLC Bartending Services in Fort Worth, Texas. Thank you for supporting her breast cancer survival. Continue to follow her on Instagram, Facebook. Follow me and my Cara Jones Unlimited LLC Performing Arts Company as well as this podcast, Unfiltered with Car Jones Unlimited LLC. We're broadcasting to you live tonight from Houston, Texas. And I want to just thank everyone again. Thank you, my beautiful friend, my sisterpreneur, my sis. And of course, we will always remain in touch. Yes, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Me too. Well, you continue to have a good night. Thank y'all for the love. I see the hearts and we're going to save this thing and get out of here and you can catch it. I will be posting it on the Car Jones Unlimited YouTube channel. You'll be able to hear her um, audibly on the Anchor, um, Car Jones Unlimited Anchor podcast station, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Casket, Cast. There's so many. Breaker, Radio Public. You will see it. She'll share it to her story. She'll share it to her page. And I will share it to all those platforms. Good night. Good night.